Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast. At Basana Health, we focus on whole body wellness, connecting physical, spiritual, and mental well-being. We are wellness collaborators with our members, and we embrace our community partnerships. Basana Health promotes holistic and functional care while focusing on transformative lifestyle changes. Welcome to our podcast, where you can take a virtual step towards optimizing your own health and wellness. Welcome to the Basana Health and Wellness Podcast, episode number 25. Today we hear from our nurse practitioner, Becky Barkey, who discusses, is Diet Coke really that bad for me? Listen in, you won't want to miss out. Hi there, my name is Becky and I am one of the nurse practitioners here at Basana Health and Wellness. So today's webinar is going to be about one of my former addictions, <laughs> and that is Diet Coke. And the webinar is entitled, Is Diet Coke Really That Bad For Me? I wanted to take a look at all the ingredients and uh, such in Diet Coke to try to educate myself, educate patients, educate friends about Diet Coke and if it really is okay. Is Diet Coke good for you? Is it bad for you? Or is it at least neutral? The word diet in the label seems to mean that Diet Coke is maybe a healthier option than regular Coke. I mean, it doesn't have all the sugar and calories that regular Coke has in it. But I keep hearing these bad reports about Diet Coke. I wanted to figure out why that was. I wanted to know the science behind why people keep telling me that Diet Coke is so bad for me. I mean, I was kind of hoping it would be just neutral and then I would feel better about drinking it. This is what I found. Real quick, a funny slide about the different names of soft drinks around the country. You have the soda, pop, a generic Coke, my favorite is pop since I grew up in Minnesota. If you look on the internet about the, the different debates about uh, what Diet Coke is called, there's some pretty funny memes. But for the sake of this presentation, um, I'm going to refer to Diet Coke, but I really am referring to all diet sodas, diet pops, all the different things. The only difference in ingredients will be a little bit of a coloring from like a Diet Coke to a Diet 7-Up. What are the ingredients in Diet Coke? Well, <laughs> truth be told, I was at the hospital and I went to the cafeteria and purchased a Diet Coke so that I could be accurate with the ingredients. And I read them and none of the ingredients were super surprising to me, but I decided to take a deeper dive into what each ingredient was and figure out if it was good for me or bad for me or neutral. So once I give you a more detailed description of the ingredients, you can make your own decision about Diet Coke and for you. The first ingredient on the label is carbonated water. It's the main ingredient. So I thought, well, how can this be bad? It's just water. Water is good for us. Carbonation in soft drinks is produced by adding carbon dioxide gas, either directly to the beverage or with a syrup 
like a concentrated syrup. Carbon dioxide may come from a variety of sources, but it should comply with appropriate standards. As you know, carbonation levels can vary from product to product, but most products are subject to kind of a pasteurization process to ensure microbiological safety and stability. But all in all, carbonated water is actually fine. I mean, it has the potential to make you gassy or belchy, but it's not really considered bad for you. The next ingredient in Diet Coke was caramel color. This is an artificial food dye. In general, food dyes are found in processed foods and processed foods should be minimal or limited in a healthy diet. We always want to eat whole foods, which are higher in nutrients and free from artificial food flavors. In my research, I did read one study that showed that artificial food coloring can promote hyperactivity in sensitive children and cause allergic reactions. I I remembered also that growing up, my sister was allergic to yellow dye number five, which was found in a lot of candies. And this gave her headaches. In all fairness, the caramel color is not one of the top offenders of Diet Coke, but it still is an artificial product. So there is a potential for the body to view it as a toxin. Aspartame, okay. This is where the rubber meets the road. (laughs) Aspartame is an artificial sweetener. It is sold under the brand names of NutraSweet, Equal, or Sugar Twin. So artificial sweeteners are a topic of heated debate. On one hand, most health authorities consider them safe. And I would say that most people use artificial sweeteners to reduce their sugar intake because they want to lose weight or stay thin. But on the other hand, artificial sweeteners claim to increase your risk for cancer and harm your blood sugar and be bad for your gut. And so we're going to talk more in depth about the science of artificial sweeteners and specifically aspartame. Artificial sweeteners are significantly sweeter than sugar. This slide shows the biochemistry of the different sweeteners. There's saccharin, sucralose, aspartame if you like biochemistry. So the way artificial sweeteners work is the molecules are similar enough to the sugar molecule that'll to fit on the sweetness receptor. However, the molecules of the artificial sweeteners are also too different than sugar for your body to break them down into calories. So this is how they can provide a sweet taste without the added calories. I read this article in the New England Journal of Medicine about the history of artificial sweeteners. It was interesting. Also interesting to me was that there are several artificial sweeteners that are actually banned in the United States because they're considered toxic. Let me say that again. Some of the sweeteners that are artificial are not even legal in the U.S. because they are considered toxic. So I think the worst thing about aspartame is that it tricks your brain and it actually makes you crave more sugar. And we will talk about the science of that in a few more slides. The next ingredient in Diet Coke is phosphoric acid. This is basically a preservative and it's bad for your bones. 
traditionally preservatives have been added to soft drinks to minimize the risk of spoilage and bacterial overgrowth. There was a study on osteoporosis that showed that increased phosphorus and caffeine in cola can interfere with normal calcium absorption, thereby increasing the risk of osteoporosis and fracture. There was a woman who I read about that was a self-proclaimed Diet Coke addict. She drank maybe four Diet Cokes per day. She was diagnosed with brittle bones about six years prior, and her internal medicine doc urged her to quit Diet Coke because of the phosphoric acid in the soda. It's actually in diet soda and regular soda, but it really leaches calcium from your bones and can make osteoporosis worse. Potassium benzoate is in Diet Coke, and this is basically a mold inhibitor. There's not potassium benzoate in regular soda. It's just diet soda. Many regular sodas, like regular Coke and regular Pepsi, don't contain this potassium benzoate, but the diet forms of each of those do. So that's actually bad news for Diet Coke drinkers because potassium benzoate and these kind of group of chemicals have the ability to cause damage to DNA in the mitochondria. And that's the picture of the little strand of DNA in mitochondria having damage. This preservative has also been linked to hives, asthma, and other allergic conditions. Both sodium benzoate and potassium benzoate have been labeled or classified by the Food Commission in the UK as irritants to the skin, eyes, and mucous membranes. So if this preservative is irritating to mucous membranes, it's irritating to your gut. It can cause irritation, inflammation. So if you're someone who's trying to decrease overall inflammation in your body, you can do a lot of good by stopping your Diet Coke consumption. So natural flavors are extracted from plants and animals to create flavor enhancers that are used in processed foods. Research has shown that when natural appears on food packaging, people tend to form positive opinions about the product and how healthy it is. However, the FDA has not officially defined this term and it can be used to describe almost any type of food. If it says natural flavor, it must, the original source must be a plant or animal. And by contrast, the original source of an artificial flavor is a synthetic chemical. So hundreds of ingredients are classified as natural flavors, and it's common to use natural flavors and artificial flavors together. Citric acid. So to provide the acidity or sharpness of a beverage, organic acids such as, as citric acids are used. The ratio between sweetness and sharpness determines the underlying taste of the product. So citric acid is a preferred ingredient in fruit flavored drinks and phosphoric acid is normally used in more of the cola drinks. But according to my Diet Coke can, both are listed in Diet Coke. So just like regular soda, many diet sodas contain caffeine. A can of Diet Coke contains about 46 milligrams of caffeine. Diet Pepsi contains 35 milligrams, a little bit less than a cup of coffee. There are some controversial thoughts about caffeine, 
but many people utilize caffeine to as a way to stay awake, stay alert. Regarding caffeine, I basically believe in the old adage of moderation. And so I have personally found something better for myself that is more beneficial for energy to me than caffeine. I usually get a little tired after lunch, like around two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. I found myself reaching for something sweet or something with caffeine in it. Instead, recently started taking more B vitamins with my lunch. And I found that it gave me a real natural energy boost in the afternoon. I've really been doing this for a few months now. You know, looking back, when I was tired, my body wasn't deficient in caffeine, but it was likely deficient in these B vitamins. And so that's why it responded so well to supplementation. The ingredient phenylalanine was not even listed on the list of ingredients. And lots of people don't know what phenylalanine is, but there's a warning label on every diet soda for patients who are born with a condition phenylketonuria which is called PKU for ease of definition. All babies born in the U.S. are tested for PKU because people with PKU cannot break down phenylalanine properly. So the treatment is just restricting the intake of phenylalanine. If this isn't found and treated, babies born with this genetic disorder, it can lead to epilepsy, and intellectual disability because it interferes with brain growth and neurotransmitter synthesis. That was actually an additional aha moment for me that it interferes with transmitter synthesis, phenylalanine, because neurotransmitters, there's several that are so good for your mood, like serotonin and dopamine. And I was kind of wondering if it affected other people's neurotransmitter synthesis as well. So I wanted to address the association with drinking Diet Coke and weight loss. I think it's common for people who are trying to lose weight to use artificial sweeteners. Unfortunately, when you take a deeper look at the science, it doesn't work the same way that you think it should work. So I'm sorry to report that it is common for people who drink diet soda to have larger waistlines than those who don't drink it. There is a direct correlation with percentage of people who drink diet soda and the percentage of people who are overweight. So how it works is artificial sweeteners like aspartame and Diet Coke actually trick your brain into craving more sweets. Scientists have shown also that it Diet soda can actually increase your appetite because it stimulates hunger hormones. It can alter your sweet taste receptors and trigger some kind of interesting dopamine responses in your brain that can lead to some addictive tendencies. And we'll go over that in a bit. When I was reading about Diet Coke and artificial sweeteners, I, I realized there was a lot of studies about rats And I guess that's because studies on humans can be hard. Human research has to rely on subjective ratings, voluntary diet control, all these things. The studies on rats showed that artificial sweeteners, they kind of studied the intake of artificial sweeteners with energy balance. There was a study at Yale that showed 
rats that were conditioned with artificial sweetener supplements had significantly elevated total energy intake and they gained more weight and had increased body fat compared to those controls who were conditioned with glucose. So this is Yale. This is a study at Yale that talked about rats were given artificial sweeteners and sugar and the differences in their weight. I wanted to talk a little bit about the marketing of Diet Coke because there's been pretty successful marketing efforts to convince the public that artificial sweeteners and zero sugar is a health food because of the low sugar, low calories. But it's not that simple. So many studies, there's several of big studies. They, they use the term cohort size. So large cohorts of patients and found a positive correlation between artificial sweetener use and weight gain. One study substituted a diet beverage for a sugar beverage for 25 weeks to see what would happen. They just substituted sugar-free for sugar and the BMI did not decrease after 25 weeks. So I want you to ask yourself, are you drinking Diet Coke to try to lose weight? If so, the science does not support that. But why can't I lose weight <laughs> by drinking Diet Coke? There's no calories, there's no sugar. So again, the, the problem is, is that Diet Coke affects your brain in a certain way that actually makes you want to eat more. The neurobiology of food is definitely complicated. You don't have to trust me on this. I can review the science with you. And there's lots of smart people that have done this. And basically, the bottom line is that sweet taste, whether it's delivered by sugar or artificial sweetener, enhances the human appetite. Even the artificial sweeteners make you hungrier. Also, Artificial sweeteners have been associated with a drop in leptin, which is an appetite-regulating hormone. Leptin inhibits hunger. So higher doses of leptin make you feel more full. Lower doses of leptin make you feel hungrier. These sweeteners are associated with a drop in leptin. That means you get hungrier, you have more caloric intake, you just want to keep eating. There are things we can do naturally to control our leptin levels by decreasing the intake of processed food, decrease portion sizes. There's different ways of intermittent fasting, monitoring stress, sleep, inflammation. All those can um, positively impact your levels of leptin and make you feel more full. So to review... Unfortunately, the science says that it's hard to lose weight if you continue to drink Diet Coke. Remember, the artificial sweeteners actually make you crave sugar, and it can also lead to addiction. So Diet Coke is definitely addictive. I have a friend, she's a nurse I work with, let's call her Lindsay. Actually, her real name is Lindsay, and I have her permission to talk about her addiction. She's really trying to stop her diet soda addiction. So Lindsay is actually addicted to Dr. Pepper. She consumes six to 10 per day, and she has tried to stop. 
previous attempts of her trying to stop have resulted in terrible headaches and irritability, and she just feels awful. So recently, Lindsay and her husband have been trying to have a baby, and they ran into some infertility issues. When they sought infertility treatment, the one thing that Lindsay knew would be hard for her was they told her she had to stop Diet Dr. Pepper completely, like totally stop. And she needs to lose weight, which we know doesn't happen if you're drinking a lot of diet soda. When you're talking about substance abuse or addiction, whether it's caffeine or nicotine or heroin or Diet Coke, there can be some withdrawal symptoms that occur if you try to quit cold turkey. I think with the Diet Coke, it's it's hard to pinpoint whether it's like just the aspartame or just the caffeine or some kind of combination that's responsible for people who get addicted. But there's lots of people who report having headaches and irritability, nausea when they try to stop. And my friend Lindsay can definitely attest to this. So Lindsay and I spoke and about her diet Dr. Pepper addiction. And the first thing we decided to try to decrease the amount of diet Dr. Pepper she was drinking is to start drinking more water. So Lindsay made a deal with herself that if she's gonna have a 16 ounce bottle of diet Dr. Pepper, then she has to drink a 16 ounce bottle of water first. She actually started this plan last week and has already cut her diet Dr. Pepper consumption in half. The one complaint she has is that she has to go to the bathroom all the time. And that's a little bit annoying when you're a nurse in the hospital, but it's a positive step for her in her diet Dr. Pepper addiction. So I've read lots of stories about people who were addicted to Diet Coke and it was crazy. Some people drank a whole 12 pack of Diet Coke in one day. I know that's not the common way of consuming Diet Coke. So I wanted to do more research on the effects for people who only drink one a day or one or two per day, but on a regular basis. Some people get hooked on diet soda because they associate it with a certain activity or behavior. Like if you stop for gas and you always go in to get a diet soda, that craving will start to come even before you pull into the gas station. And this can happen with even one or two per day. The neurobiology of food is this kind of food reward system. And the artificial sweeteners really messed that up. There was a study done in 2008, a group of women, they drank water that was alternately sweetened with sugar and then water that was sweetened with Splenda. The women couldn't really tell the difference in the taste of their water, but their brains could. They did these functional MRIs of the brain and the brain scans revealed that both of drinks lit up the brain's reward system, but the sugar did so more completely. So by not fully activating the reward pathways, artificial sweeteners are harmful because they trick our brains and they cause us to crave more sweets and a bigger tendency to overeat because we don't get the same reward from drinking the artificial sweetener. And yes, this can happen even if you only drink one or two sodas per day. There's some good news. Cutting out artificial sweeteners and sugar can decrease sugar cravings in about one week. So you also could consider intermittent fasting. This has proven to decrease sugar cravings as well. 
there's a lot of ways to do intermittent fasting and we'll likely do another webinar about it with Basana. But if you have any questions about intermittent fasting, you can contact any of the providers at Basana and we'd be happy to put you in the right direction. Diet Coke can negatively impact gut health. As you know, gut health is so important to overall health. There's a saying, if your gut ain't happy, then nobody's happy. Actually, I think it was, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy, but we'll just talk about gut for now. So there was one study, again with mice, <laughs> that showed that artificial sweeteners actually changed the gut bacteria of mice. And when it changed the gut bacteria, it made them more susceptible to bad things like insulin resistance and glucose intolerance. And both of those things, again, can lead to weight gain. Poor gut health affects the way we absorb nutrients. And Diet Coke can increase inflammation in the gut. Diet Coke, it kind of feeds the bad bacteria in our gut, causing them to overtake the system. And this can cause havoc on the whole digestion process. Increased inflammation in the gut can also affect your thyroid. And low thyroid hormones are associated with fatigue and weight gain. So this picture over here on the right demonstrates how gut is so gut health is so crucial to mental health. Certain things can be associated with inflammation in the gut, like lack of focus, forgetfulness, anxiety, depression, and a bunch more mental health conditions. As far as the gut is concerned, we all have microorganisms in our digestive systems that help break down the food we eat. It's called the, the gut microbiome. And the gut microbiome really reacts differently to artificial sweeteners than to real sugar. And this is bad because it, this change in the microbiome alters the amount of nutrients our bodies are able to take out of the food we eat. That means even if we're eating the right foods, we may not be able to absorb the vitamins and minerals that we need if our gut is inflamed. So if you notice bloating or gut issues after drinking Diet Coke, it's very likely that your gut microbiome is being negatively impacted. Honestly, even if you feel fine, the same thing can happen, but you're just used to it. And besides, in our functional medicine world, we don't want people to feel just fine. We want people to feel optimal. I read a study that showed that those who consume one diet soda per day have an increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes, 67% increased risk than those who did not consume a diet soda. Again, this is thought to be because diet soda has an effect on insulin and glucose metabolism. Remember, the artificial sweeteners are 200 to 13,000 times more sweet than sugar, and this enhanced sweetness is addictive. One study with over 24,000 people, was, it was a good study because it followed the study participants for 11 years. And the finding was that increased intake of sugar, beverages like soda, sweet tea, even milk, was strongly associated with the eventual development of type 2 diabetes. So that was probably expected, right? So if you increase your sugar intake, your risk for diabetes go up. 
But the same study showed that those who consumed artificial sweetened beverages, that was an equally strong predictor of type 2 diabetes. So Diet Coke not only increases your risk for type 2 diabetes, but other things as well. You have a 37% increased risk for metabolic syndrome, which includes obesity, hypertension, high blood sugar, and high triglycerides. This picture on the right shows a person kind of with classic metabolic syndrome, that big waistline, and all the health conditions that can go along with that. I think the scariest thing for me when I read was that a daily intake of Diet Coke is also associated with certain brain conditions, such as dementia or stroke. It didn't have a percentage behind that or a risk, but the fact that it's at all associated with a brain condition can be quite scary. Diet Coke is bad for your teeth. So this has to do with the acidic pH level of diet soda. It's actually super acidic with a pH of 3.2. As a reference point, water's acidity is seven and battery acid is one. So Diet Coke is in the middle of water and battery acid. So this acid really can dissolve the enamel and people who drink multiple Diet Cokes per day really do often have worse dental health, more missing teeth, more fillings. One study published by the Journal of General Dentistry suggested that heavy consumption of Diet Coke can damage teeth at the same rate as methamphetamines or crack cocaine. This is a chart of what happens to your body one hour after drinking Diet Coke. By 10 minutes, the phosphoric acid attacks the enamel in your teeth. And then the artificial sweeteners, the aspartame, starts to hit your system. At 20 minutes, the aspartame triggers your taste receptors and tricks your body into thinking it has just processed sugar. And just like regular Coke, this can trigger an insulin response, which sends your body into fat storage mode. At 40 minutes, the combination of caffeine and aspartame creates a short addictive high, similar to how cocaine works. So when you drink Diet Coke, certain chemicals are released in your brain, and it may overstimulate the neuroreceptors, especially if it's consumed on a regular basis. At 60 minutes, Diet Coke can actually deplete your body of essential minerals, making you hungry and thirsty for more. So Diet Coke will never quench your thirst because it, it dehydrates rather than hydrates your body. And we all know a lack of water can lead to bad things like brain fog and poor concentration and fatigue and irritability. The intake of Diet Coke will make you hungrier and you may unwillingly eat more than you meant to. If I can't drink Diet Coke, then what do I drink? Water. <laughs> the answer is water. There are so many ways to flavor your water so that's more tasty and you can even get carbonated water if you like the carbonation and the bubbles. There are different soda replacement options as well. It typically takes about two months for our taste buds to withdraw 
from the highly sweetened beverages to appreciate kind of more the natural rich flavors. So a couple ideas that I found in the literature, a sweetened beverage called Zevia, which is a canned sweetened beverage that has stevia as a sweetener instead of aspartame. It tastes more like, from what I understand, like sparkling water, like flavored sparkling water. And sometimes that can be a good substitute for people who really are hooked on Diet Coke. There's also kombucha or probiotic-rich beverages that can be drank as a replacement for diet soda. Those do have sugar in them, but they also have so many good things in them. Probiotics, it's great for the microbiome. But if you really want to stop your Diet Coke habit, then plain water is the best thing to drink. But what if you need some caffeine? because you get tired. Maybe after lunch, you're tired and you wanna reach for something that has caffeine in it. As I mentioned before, I would suggest that you reach for some energy vitamins like B vitamins. Remember your body's not tired because it's deficient in caffeine or sugar, but you might feel tired because you are deficient in B vitamins or not processing your B vitamins optimally. There's also some vitamin drinks that can be quite tasty and definitely give a boost of energy. There's one product from Zymogen, which is a supplement company that I like. It's called ATP Ignite. And it's good. It's, it's, it's pretty sweet. It's a good alternative to diet soda. And it has a ton of vitamins in it, some caffeine. And I do feel like it helps me wake up a little bit. When I um, advise patients about drinking these vitamin drinks, I do advise them not to drink them close to bedtime because it can negatively affect your sleep. So keep that in mind. If you stop drinking all this diet soda, what can you do with the extra cans? And there was this cute nativity scene on a budget when Coke products used to have names on the cans. And as you see, there's a Christmas nativity scene here with Jesus and Jose and Maria, and then Camel cigarettes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this webinar. I hope it helped. And um, if you have any further questions or would like to talk to a provider more about functional medicine or optimal health and wellness, we would love to talk to you. Our, our phone number is listed here at 303-327-7300. Thanks so much. The Sauna Health and Wellness Podcast is brought to you by Atagi Plastic Surgery and Atagi Skin Aesthetics. Check us out at atagimd.com. A-T-A-G-I-M-D.com. We offer plastic surgery, skin aesthetics, non-surgical treatments, and hormone therapy. Some of the many things we offer include Botox, dermal fillers, Exilis Skin Tightening, Kybella, Skin Aesthetics, All Therapy, Vanquish Fat Reduction, PRP Hair Restoration, PRP Breast Lift, and Hormone Health. Follow us on our website at atagimd.com to learn about all of our specials and events each month. Some of our specials include monthly discounts off products and services or wrinkle-free Wednesdays. 
check us out at atagimd.com.